Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Let me believe it's real this morning. Amen. You can be seated just for a moment. Does anybody, we, we were in a series on Wednesday nights called Faith Over Feelings, but feelings feel good though. Do you feel the presence of the Lord in here? When you walked in and heard him singing that song and just thinking about what Jesus just did for what was 17, and then I was told someone just came today and said, I want to get baptized right now and got baptized. So 18 people, 18 souls that the devil lost today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just for a few minutes, I'm going to give you a quick message. I promise it will be short but it'll be necessary because today we're seeing our vision in action. If you're here for the first time, first and foremost, we don't consider you a visitor. We consider you a guest. And once you've come two or three times, we consider you a member. So I don't know where you're at, but if you're a guest this morning, we want you to know that you're welcome. So let's let them know, church, that we're glad they're here and that they would feel the presence of God today. When you leave, we don't care if you remember the message. If we don't care if you remember anything else, just know that, that you're in the presence of God and that Jesus is real this morning. And our vision as a church is a biblical vision. It's on that wall, and it's simple. It's reach, teach, and send. And Matthew 28, verse 19, is Jesus' last words. How many know his last words are very important? The last words in Testament are important. I want you to understand this morning If you don't know who Jesus is, by the time this message is over, you can have a chance to be the person like those that maybe you're dealing with drugs or alcohol or a broken marriage or or depression or all of the above today. Or maybe you're one of the best people that walk the face of the earth, but you just don't have any peace. Wherever your life is today, it can change. Jesus can transform you today if you just put your faith in what he did on the cross. Amen? And I'm going to read a verse at the very end that's going to clarify that and clear it up. But look at Matthew 28, 19. Jesus' last words were, go. Go. He didn't say sit around, grab your salvation ticket, sit on it, and, and, and enjoy life. He said go. Today the reason those 17, 18 people got baptized is because somebody went and told them about Jesus. Amen. We don't know Jesus if we don't go. And so our vision is to get out of these four walls. We come in on Sundays and Wednesdays, and we have small groups, and we have breakaway, and we have discipleship, and we have a lot of things that we do. But it's all for us to go back out and tell people what Jesus did for us. Because it's a miracle of a transformed life. Amen. And it says go to all the nations. How many are thankful? You know, I don't know what the latest count is, but we have at least 15 nations represented in this church. How many are thankful that Jesus came for all the nations and all the people and all the colors and all the races? And he loves everybody and his salvation is open to everybody. So he said go into all the nations and then exactly what we just saw. So you've got the go, which is the reach. You got make disciples, which is the teach. And now you're seeing baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is what we just did. Amen. And then it says in verse 20, teaching them. You see the word again, teaching them. How many know we got to learn how to live for God? You know what's interesting? You don't have to really learn how to be bad. Has anybody noticed that? The things you used to do, the mistakes you used to make, didn't know how to tell no one had to teach you how to do that. It just comes natural. 
because we are naturally sinners. But now, as you heard Jesse at the prayer, and you heard so many testimonies there, now we have to learn how to be a good person, how to carry ourselves like Jesus wants us to carry ourselves, how to think different, talk different, walk different, and change our lives. And that's what the gospel teaches us. And in this place, there may be some other people that you can relate to and say, you know what, I see a marriage that, I want a marriage like that. I see a father that's the father he's supposed to be. I see a mother that's the mother she's supposed to be. Whatever it is, and you can go to that person and say, can you teach me what, what you've learned to have a successful marriage? That's called discipleship. My dad that's watching right now is our assistant pastor, had all kinds of health issues, so he's not here like he would like to be. But 15 years ago when he came into this church, he had been saved for 50 years. And he said he never knew what discipleship was. Because lots of churches talk about discipleship. Lots of churches talk about the teach. But how many know you've got to actually do it? And so we, we want to teach people how to, how to live their lives for the Lord. And you don't just come in and, and, and get saved and be right from one day to the next. You're forgiven, but everything takes time. How many are still in a process this morning? I am after 30 years of trying to become more like Jesus every day. We make mistakes. We fail. We, we mess up. We, 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 we get back up again. We shake ourselves off and we say, Lord, help me not do that again. Amen. I'm the kind of person that likes to sit, fall in the same hole twice. So he says, as I've commanded you, I want you to notice that, that the gospel and preaching and witnessing is not a if you want to, it's a command. Because Jesus is passionate about what he did on the cross. And he says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And notice he says, amen. Amen means what? So be it. Final. Closing. It is so. Means it's done. Okay? And so that book ends. Today, as we talk about reach, teach, and send, I was thinking about this this week. And the Lord gave me a title. And I, and I think it's a powerful one for our church today and any church that's, that's, that's doing what they're supposed to be doing. How many know we're not perfect? We don't do it perfect. Sometimes we try things like we just did. That worked pretty good. Congratulations to all of you that did so good. Amen. We try things. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. But we're trying to do what Jesus wants us to do. And, and Acts, if you would this morning, get your Bibles open to Acts 29. Now, I'm going to be nice this morning. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to make fun of anybody. I'm not going to make you feel bad. Because I could say this morning, if when you get to Acts 29, say amen. And I guarantee you some people would say amen because some people don't pay attention. Like I could literally say if you're ugly, say amen. Some people would say ugly. Amen. Right? I'm just saying because sometimes we're like thinking about lunch or whatever. There's only 28 chapters in Acts. Here's the title for just a moment this morning. Acts 29, the story still being written. We're writing the story right now. I want you to look to your right, your left, in front of you, behind you. I want you to look around at somebody else around you, and I want you to see that right now a story's being written. Your life story's being written right now. Amen? And so Acts 28 does not have an amen after it. Because that book did not end. And contrary to a lot of teaching and beliefs in the world today, God still heals. Jesus still sets people free. Contrary to a lot of churches' beliefs today, people can still speak in tongues. We can still cast out demons. We can still lay our hands on the sick and they'll recover. Does anybody believe that and know that this morning? 
So the book of Acts is still being written right now. Today, we're writing down. Our lives are a story. And, and I think t- today that, thank God, those, those men that Jesus left, and by the way, if you've read your Bible, those men were, were failures. They were mishaps. They were messed up people. And Jesus had the faith to say, my gospel's going to be being preached in Denton, Texas in 2023 and in Czech Republic and in Slovakia and in Costa Rica and in Mexico and all over the world 22,000 years later because of these 12 men that are messed up, but they're going to preach my gospel. And they did. They wrote their story. And then the next people came along, and they heard their story, and then they wrote their own story. And church, because of people continuing to read their, write their story from Acts 29, today the gospel's here. And I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that the gospel found me. Because if you know me very well, I hate the heat. Like with a capital H-A-T-E. I spend half the year in Texas hating life. Okay? And hell is going to be really hot. So I'm really thankful that Jesus saved me from that. Amen? Eternal hell and damnation. Is anybody else thankful that you're not going to be there because of the blood of Jesus? Amen? Now, in this story, I want you to see something. Uh, and notice there's, you look later at Acts 28. I don't want to take time for that. But I want you to notice that at the end of that, at that verse, there's no amen. So we're continuing it. Our story sometimes can stop. You heard some stories of some people who made some mistakes. One of the things I love about our church and I love about the gospel and I love about Jesus is he keeps it real. Too many people today are trying to fake it till they make it. And they try to put on a facade, but we can't fool God. You can fool your friends, you can fool your family, you can fool your pastor, you can fool your church, but you can't fool God. And what we want to be in this place is real. And when we make mistakes, we want to know that we can come back and say, Lord, I messed up. Can I, can I get another chance? Is anybody in here thankful for a second chance, a third chance, a tenth chance, a thirtieth chance? Thank God for his mercy and his grace or none of us would be in here today. But today we're seeing with Mission Sunday and baptism and people are going to get saved at the end of this service. And then they're going to be the next people that are going to want to be, give their lives to Jesus and, and change their lives. And the stories continue to be written. Now, I went for homework. I don't have time today. I, I read this in the first service because we didn't have baptism. Just write down, if you take notes, Acts chapter 22. Read it later, tonight, today, tomorrow. But read it. That story is Saul's story. And I took time to read it in the first service that I can't right now for time. But Saul was, like I like to say today in our understanding, was like Osama bin Laden. That's, that's the way I like to picture it. He was a man who killed Christians, persecuted Christians. And then he had in this story an encounter, and he falls off of a horse in Acts chapter 9 and sees a light. And Jesus says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul looks up to Jesus, and he recounts his testimony in Acts 22. And, and, and you need to make this personal. And he says his story in Acts 22, this is what happened to me. We need to learn. That's why in baptism, we don't have time for everybody, but we give some people a chance to give their testimony. But even the ones that didn't say something have a testimony. 
You need to learn to tell your testimony. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, by the way, that you were a drug addict or you were an alcoholic or you were a prostitute or you were this or that. How many know the best testimony you could ever have is, is someone like in our church in Bowie that came out of our church here, Joe Hudgens, who is 77 years old and has never tr- touched a drop of alcohol in his life. That's a real testimony. Parents, can I get an amen? I don't want my kids, I don't want my, I don't want my grandkids to have to have that kind of testimony. The best testimony is I never touched those things. And so many here today can have that testimony someday. You won't be perfect, but you can save yourself from a lot of problems. So everyone has a testimony. You are writing your story this morning with your testimony. So he tells this story of this conversion experience that he has. He gives his life to Jesus, and then an Ananias comes along. God is speaking to Ananias at the same time. Everybody has to have an Ananias. Ananias in that story comes along and shares what, he, what Saul needs to do next. That's part of discipleship. I am accountable this morning. One of the reasons that I know that God moves in my life is because I'm not a lone ranger. I choose to have accountability. Responsibility without accountability is worthless. I choose to have a pastor, Pastor Jones, to be accountable, to have Pastor Paul at our home church that I'm accountable to, to Pastor Marshall that was here last week as a pastor friend that I'm accountable to, to my assistant pastor, Pastor Mario, we're accountable to each other. I'm I'm accountable to people and men in my life because, by the way, contrary to everything that's going on in this world today, I can't learn how to be a man from a woman. And a woman can't learn how to be a woman from a man. Amen. So I need to be accountable to men, and women need to be accountable to women. And we work and operate that way because God has an order that's powerful. And so I have people in my life who are helping me continue to stay the right course and do the right thing. And if I start to get out of line, they speak to me and tell me, you're out of line. You need to change that. And we need to embrace that in our lives. It's discipleship. If you're going to make it, those of you that just got baptized, understand that you don't just have a free ticket to heaven now. Just because we've seen people over the years come in and get baptized and never seen them again. Like literally never seen them at church again. It's almost like people think that that, that, that water totally, literally cleansed their sins away and they never have to do anything again. They just, I don't know what the thinking is. That's not the case. That's just tap water from a tube. There's nothing holy about it. Amen. The blood of Jesus is what saves you. The blood of Jesus is what forgives you. The blood of Jesus is what saves you and sets you free. So you have to continue today after today. You've got to get into a small group. You've got to say, I'm going to be back on Wednesday. You've got to say, I'm going to to go to breakaway. I'm going to go to outreach. I'm going to to go to discipleship. I'm going to go to the ladies' meetings. I'm going to go to everything that I can go to so that I can walk with Jesus and learn how to be an overcomer. Amen? Because it's not going to just happen on one Sunday morning. It's got to be something continual and, 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 and last. And so Saul has this. And Ananias, can you imagine being the person that God says, hey, go witness to Osama bin Laden. Go make sure he's really a believer. I mean, that's some boldness. So Ananias shows up to Saul in 22, you can read it later, and says, hey, this is what you need to do. And Saul humbles himself, and Ananias teaches him how to walk the right way And everybody in here needs that today. Now, as the musicians begin to come, I want to read a scripture today that is so powerful. 
that is going to explain everything that those people that got baptized just did. And it's going to explain also what is happening in your life that is part of your story. Because every day I'm writing my story. Amen? How many have witnessed to somebody recently? Let me see your hands. You've passed out a Jesus card. You've told someone about your testimony. You've shared your faith. I don't ask that to embarrass you. We need to be doing that consistently. Amen? And when we witness to people, we need to understand that we're not the ones that change them. All our job is, he did not say go and persuade them. He said go and preach the gospel. We tell people what Jesus did for us, and in that scripture you're going to see also that there's some people that are not going to accept it. We just have to understand that. It's hard, but some people are just not going to say yes. Don't be that person. Be the person that says yes. And so I want to read a, a set of scriptures to end in 2 Corinthians. It's going to be on the screen. And the last verse is a verse that I am so in love with and I love so much that if I had to pull one verse out of the entire Bible and use it, I could get people saved and I could explain the entire Bible in one verse. How many would like to have one? Not, I, I, love, I, I don't know about you, but I, if I'm doing something and there's something, I, if I can do one thing to fix it, I'm in. I don't know about you. Some, give me the 10-step program. Give me the one-step program. Like, I'll just do the one and you do the ten. We'll see who ends faster. Okay, one verse. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is what just happened. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that means not a membership to a church. That means you believe what Jesus did on the cross for your sins. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. New creation. That means all the old things are gone, passed away. That water is symbolic of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. It's symbolic of your life going into that water and your life coming out clean. Today, before you give your life to Jesus, if you were to look at your life, you'd see a lot of words written, and it would be bad stuff. Reasons why God shouldn't let you into heaven. But when you put your faith in Jesus, he says, if anyone believes in me, all those old things get erased. And all things become new. Today, you're new. The mercies of God are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Amen? And as you look at this, I want you to understand today that your story is being written every day. And you're making decisions. And you're saying to yourself, I hope, I got to go tell somebody else about this gospel. I got to go share this with somebody. I can't hold it to myself. It means too much to me. And then watch what the next verse says. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And has given us, this is not for me. It's not just for you, it's for everybody. The ministry of reconciliation. Reconcili you know, reconciliation is a beautiful word. It means things are made new again. It means things can start over again. It's like a new leaf, the world would call it. And he's given us the ministry. Does anybody realize how amazing that is? That God the Father would trust you and me to take this gospel to somebody else? What if... The disciples wouldn't have done it. What if 
If you're really thankful this morning like I am, my evangelist that led me to the Lord, Chris Clock, would have preached a different message than hell. I needed hell. That's the message I needed. He could have preached something else. He could have gone a different direction. But my Ananias talked about hell, and today I'm not in hell because of him. Who's your Ananias? You need to be thankful for the person who brought you to Jesus because it's eternal life. It's forever. He's reconciled you. And today, if we don't take that serious, we'll never tell anybody else about Jesus because it doesn't mean enough to us. It means everything to me. I could die today a very happy man after this service. I don't plan to, don't worry, but I, I could. Happy of what just happened in this place. To see all these lives changed, to see all these baptisms, to see all of you writing your story, it's amazing. And then he goes on to say, he's not going to impute or hold against our trespasses to us. Is anybody thankful for that? It means I know him, but I'm not going to hold them against you. And then he says, this is important, he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to, there's an old song, are you going to hide it under a bushel? The song says, no, I'm going to let my light shine. Are you going to keep it to yourself? you got to tell somebody, Jesus did not save you just for you. Today I look around and I know there was people, even with this baptism, you need to get baptized. You need to come to church. You need to hear God's word. That's what it's about. That's what this church has been doing for 15 years. It's what our fellowship's been doing for 50 years. It's what the gospel's been doing for 2,000 years. It's about somebody else. Tell the person next to you, it's about somebody else. Now watch this. Verse 20. Now, we are ambassadors for Christ. You know what that means? It means you're his representation. I don't know about you, but I want to be the best representation of Jesus that I can be. I want people to see something in me that says, I want what that person has. I want to represent Jesus, and I want them to know. That's why we talk so much about being different. Today, too many Christians are trying to be look, look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world. We need to be different. That's we're coming out of the world. We're still in the world, but we're ambassadors. And it says, as through God. Watch this. You know why I'm taking this so serious? I tell people sometimes, when I'm walking around, I'm a lot more friendly outside of church than I am in here. Because I have a job. And my job is to be a messenger. And my job is to understand that this might be my last service. Tomorrow's not promised for me. I'm not promised another message. I'm not promised another opportunity to preach. So I want you to understand that I am imploring you, as it says here, I'm pleading to you from God, and he is pleading through me to take this serious this morning. To understand that we are writing a story that is not just a story that will go on a, on a shelf, but it's a story that will change eternity. You have a chance today. Maybe you're here and you think, man, I have no talents. I have no abilities. I, I don't know what I could ever do for God. You know what you could do is tell somebody about Jesus. And the person you tell about Jesus might be the next Billy Graham. What if that person that day that witnessed to Billy Graham would have gone the other way and said, I'm too embarrassed to share my faith with him. So he says that we implore you, we beg you on Christ's behalf. Jesus is not here physically today. He's here spiritually. And he's begging us to take the cross serious. Now here's your verse. 
Learn it. Memorize it. Use it. Verse 21. It's the whole book in one verse. He, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become right sin for us. To become sin for us. We, we, don't, we can't even understand what that means. We don't have any capacity to understand how someone who's never sinned and, and hates sin would become that. Not just for you, not just for me, but for the entire population of the world. There's no way for us to understand what came on Christ's life. But it says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. In the first service, I said this, and I got another witnessing tool for you before we close. So powerful. I told it a few weeks ago. There was a Muslim who converted to Christ. And his friends and his family came to him and said, why did you leave Islam? How come you've left Islam to, to believe in Jesus? And the man answered this, this simple answer. He said, I was going down the road and I saw a fork in the road. And there was a man at each fork. One was dead and one was alive. I chose the live man. And he followed Jesus. Today, there's only one person in the history of the world who has come back from the other side, and his name is Jesus. There's only one person who's taken the sins of the world on their lives, and his name is Jesus. There's only one person who's the way, the truth, and the life, and his name is Jesus. That's my Jesus. And he became sin for me so that I could become not just, listen, not just saved, not just saved, but to become the righteousness of God in him. Would you bow your heads? Today, all over this place, the spirit of God is here. He's touching your heart right now. Revelation says he's knocking on the door of your heart. Just as I said this morning, I'm not promised tomorrow. I'm not promised another message. Neither are you. I believe there's some people in here that really need to make some decisions today. Really need to give your life to the Lord. Saints that are saved, be praying with me, please, for those that don't know Jesus. Please don't shut off and go to lunch mentally. Stay with me. Because one person that gives their life to Christ today will make this day worthwhile. One person's life changed. One person rescued from eternity. If you're here today and you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to be clear. I'm not asking you if you're a member of the church. I'm not asking you if you have a membership to another church. I'm not asking you if you're religious. I'm not asking you if you know the Bible. I'm simply asking you if you stood before God and he asked you to give an account for your life, what would you say? I would say nothing but Jesus. Jesus took it all for me. Jesus paid the price I could never pay. If that's you today and you've never done that, how many would just lift up their hand and say, Pastor, you're talking to me today? Pray for me, please. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. I see your hand. How many more? All over this place. You've never made that decision. Today's your day. I believe there's some more. I'm going to wait just a moment. I'm not asking you to be a member of the church. I'm asking you what will you say before God when you stand before a holy God? I believe there's some people in here that you're, you're religious. Your, your faith is based on things that you do and not totally 1,000% on what Jesus did. Because it's Jesus or nothing. 
If you try to add anything to what Jesus did on the cross, then you become responsible for everything. Jesus paid it all. How many more? The Holy Spirit's dealing. And let me tell you, I see your hand. God bless you. Let me tell you who, who doesn't want you to raise your hand today. The devil. Because he hates you. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. How many more? I know there's some people watching on the live stream that are going to say this prayer today. Maybe listening on the podcast. How many today you're here? And if you're being honest with God, you've said that prayer. You believe in Jesus with all your heart. But today your life does not line up with what God wants you to be doing. That, many gave that testimony in the baptism. I've fallen away. I've, I've gone back to my old ways. I've done things I wish I wouldn't have done. You're not in the position that you want to be and You want to come back and you want to you reconcile. How many would say, that's me? Just lift up your hand and put it right back down. I know him but I haven't been walking with him. I see your hands. You know what the Bible says about that? That he would leave the, 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 the 100, leave the 99 and go after the one. You're the one. As you stand all across this place, please staying in reverence to the Lord. We're going to say a sinner's prayer this morning, a biblical sinner's prayer. How many feel the presence of the Lord here? He's here right now. And we're going to end this today in just a few moments at the altar, and we're going, to, we're going to do a very specific prayer at the altar. We're going to have an, a specific attitude when we come. But first we're going to say a prayer of salvation, and we're going to get the devil to lose some more people. We're going to plunder hell and populate heaven. Amen? If you're here and you meant that, you raised your hand, you need to be saved for the very first time, you've never done that, or you're, you want to be reconciled and you want to come back to the Lord or maybe you didn't even raise your hand but right now even as you stood something's telling you like it was me the night I got saved you don't have tomorrow I believe there's some people here that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and he's telling you 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 can't wait because tomorrow's not promised someone's feeling that right now so if you raised your hand or you didn't but you know today you need to make a public confession there's an aisle close to you would you just step out to that nearest aisle and come down here and make a public confession of your faith come on if you raised your hand just come i can't make you come you raised your hand just come i'm gonna wait just a moment just come amen Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, how many? You raised your hand. So that's me. I'm coming. I'm going to make a decision. Today's my day. I'm going to get real. We're going to say this with those that are here and those on the podcast. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you with everything I am. I believe you died on the cross for all my sins. And I believe you came out of the grave and resurrected from the dead. And everything you did was for me so I could be forgiven. So my sins can be washed away and I can be a new creation. Jesus, I love you. I worship you. I honor you. And today I give you my life. I surrender it to you. Everything I am, everything I have is yours. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And Jesus, 
take control from this day forward as I learn how to be a disciple, as I learn how to walk this walk. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.